Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you are listening on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? First off, I want to say I'm sorry. I was wrong. I got the pick wrong for the Nito ATP Finals by like a set. I should have had it though. I'm disappointed in myself. My guess was wrong, but I should have went with the man I've guessed many, many times before, Daniil Medvedev. Congratulations to the Russian, the 24-year-old Russian, Daniil Medvedev, on his first ATP Finals victory and what a match it was. If you didn't watch it on Sunday, I highly suggest watching highlights of it or seeing a recap of it because it was such a phenomenal match. Good shot making on each side, very long, good match, goes three sets, of course. What else would you expect for the last match of the year? But I'm going to first talk about the Nito ATP Finals. Now, I believe my my guesses were out of the Tokyo group, it was going to be Djokovic and Sverev, and out of the London group, it was going to be Nadal and team. Now, the Nadal, Nadal and team guess was correct, um, but the... Djokovic and Sverev was not. Medvedev made it out of there with Djokovic, obviously, because he won it. And then the semifinal matches were phenomenal. It was Djokovic and team versus Medvedev and Nadal. Now, the Djokovic and team match was very interesting because it went three sets and Dominic team ended up winning in three sets. But team had a few match points in that second set. And I don't know if anybody, any of you have seen this, but he saved... Some phenomenal match points by some unreal shots. One that sticks out in mind is there's a short ball to the backhand side, and Novak Djokovic runs around it and hits a forehand down the line, and it hits the line. Now he had probably he could have drove a bus to where he was hitting it. It was that big of an a side over there, but he went over the tall part of the net and he touched it on the line on a match point. Now that's only something you know a goat could do or somebody in the conversation of a goat could do like Novak Djokovic. But that match was a grind and there was a while there I thought uh Novak Djokovic was going to win that, but fortunate for Dominic team team comes out with that. Now the Medvedev Nadal match was something to just be at awe about because Medvedev loses the first set and the second set he's down big. Um, or no, he's sorry. He's up big in the second set. Ends up Nadal ends up coming back five. I believe he was five four with the match on his racket to serve it out. Loses his serve, gets broke, and then just not chokes, but just doesn't play well the rest of the second set and ends up losing the third set six three. But in this match, it was so intriguing because I don't know if Nadal got tight or what happened, but he just could not finish this match out and he had it on his racket and how many times is Rafael Nadal serving for a match and can't close it out that doesn't happen very often even the commentators on tennis channel were like we never see Nadal do stuff like this we never see the wheels come off like Nadal's having having them here in the second set and they were at awe about how it was and yeah Medvedev was starting to make some shots but you're Rafael Nadal you got 20 grand slams how do you not finish out the second set and the match here against Daniil Medvedev. I didn't really understand it. I was confused watching the match, to be honest, because I thought Nadal was going to wipe him like he did in the first set and like he was going there in the second set. But give props to Daniil Medvedev in that because he's never beaten Nadal before. And for him to beat him in the semifinal 
at the ATP Finals. That is surprising, but you can't take much away from Daniil Medvedev because he played well the entire tournament, including the next match I'm going to talk about, which is the final. The final on Sunday was a grind. Um, it went three sets, and it was surprising. I thought Team was going to win it. Team was my guest to win it, and matter of fact, he should have probably won it in two. He played good enough to win it in two sets, won the first set 6-4, lost the second set in a tiebreak, then lost 6-4 again in the third. But I thought team played well enough to win that in three or er, in two sets. But the way it kind of played out is once it got to that third set, it looked like team almost was a little bit tired, and Daniil Medvedev just kind of not ran away with it, but you could tell he was kind of just playing better. He had a break, and he kind of just ro rode on that break until – you know, the match was over. And the way that Daniil Medvedev played in that final is kind of the way that he gets, you know, maybe he struggles early, he struggled early in the U.S. Open in 2019 and came back and won the last two sets and should, should have almost lost that fifth or almost won that fifth set in New York. So the way Daniil Medvedev gets better as the points get longer and as the match goes on is something at awe that I'm at awe about because the way he plays is not only interesting to watch but very impressive to watch as well the way that he can handle himself on court now a couple takeaways I have from the Nito ATP finals there was a few disappointments um obviously from the newcomers but I can't really blame them because the ATP finals put on in London can be intimidating the way that they put it on it's in the O2 arena the whole place is dark except you on court and this year there's no umpires there's no fans there's lights in the crowds I mean there's a lot to look at there's screens everywhere and yeah you got that at the U.S. Open but you didn't get that at the U.S. Open necessarily unless you were on Arthur Ashe Stadium so um, I think Rublev the announcer said it best in the first match Rublev played against Nadal it was just Rublev was kind of caught looking around at other things and just kind of couldn't dial it in but you can't blame the man because there's a lot going on in that arena and when you get to the ATP finals there's a lot of eyes on you but there's also you are the event there's nothing going on anywhere else on the grounds it's just in there in the O2 arena no lights anywhere pitch black except where you are on that court so for the newcomers Diego and Rublev not the best showing from you at the Nito ATP finals here in 2020 in London but nevertheless congrats on getting there and they have a really bright future coming around here in 2021, especially hopefully starting at the Australian Open, uh, even though it was disappointing this year at the ATP Finals. I don't think they're going to skip a beat when the calendar turns to January and the Australian Open is just around the corner and they show up in Melbourne. To be honest, I kind of thought that Novak Djokovic was going to win this, even though I picked team. And he played well throughout the entire thing. He just couldn't finish it out against team in the semis. But another great showing from Novak. I mean, he has enough ATP titles under his belt. Um, the only losses he had in the tournament was to Daniil Medvedev in the round robin. And then he lost a team. So I guess he lost to the two people in the final. He can't really be upset about that. And the other, I thought Nadal would do, um, I don't want to say better because he made it to the semis the final four but I kind of thought he'd make it to the final or at least make a push to win this thing because a lot of people have talked about in the past how you know people he's in the conversation as goat but he's never won one of these things he's never won the ATP tour uh finals he's never sorry he's never won the ATP finals and I thought he was going to make a run this year because it was a shorter year because it was less wear and tear on his body because of the less tournaments he played 
but he couldn't finish it out, which might have been a reason why he got tight is because he knew the stakes at this year's ATP finals and he was really looking to win it. That could be a part of his tightness and his not necessarily choking, but not playing to his full ability when he was up and serving for the second set and the match in the semifinal. And I think when you look at Rafael Nadal, um, Bo Brown, who was on this podcast, told me the other day, he said, I said, Nadal, he can't win an ATP Tour uh, ATP Finals. And he goes, yeah, but he wins the Grand Slams. And a couple other people I've had on the podcast I had conversations with this week, and they said, you know, it only matters about Grand Slams. It really And, and it, when it comes down to it, it really does. And Grand Slams are the only thing that matters. But when you look at the ATP Finals, it's at the end of the year. It's the last thing to have. And it's the best eight players in the world at that time. And you can't win that. And when you look at Grand Slams, Grand Slams two weeks are really long. Don't get me wrong. Super long. But if you look at some paths to the finals in these Grand Slams, they're not, some of them aren't that hard. I mean, when you look at, if you're the one, the two, the three seed, sometimes there can be upsets or you just won't play anybody until you get to the finals and, or even the semifinals of that matter. But not to win. For him not to win the best of eight, I'm not saying that doesn't put him in the GOAT conversation or doesn't make him possibly the GOAT. I am just saying it kind of makes you scratch your head when Rafael Nadal can't win in ATP Finals. Um, obviously, one of the best to ever play the game, one of the best of all time, 20 grand slams up there with Roger Federer. But to win an ATP Finals, you got to win at least four matches. But the problem is, you're playing those four matches against the top eight in the world, and you're playing against the best of the best at that time. So it is a grind. But to look at some of the people that have won the ATP Finals, they're definitely beatable more than one time from Rafael Nadal. Let me go through the past four winners of the ATP Finals. In 2017, Grigor Dimitrov won the ATP Finals. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because there's been a lot of young guns that have won the ATP Finals lately. Um, Grigor Dimitrov won it at age 26, kind of, uh, not kickstart his career because he was a junior. He played really well there, but this was a big win for Grigor. In 2018, Alexander Zverev won the ATP finals at age 21. Young pup. Same with Stefano Tsitsipas. In 2019, last year, he won at age 21 as well. And then this year, Daniil Medvedev at age 24 wins it in 2020. So there's some next-gen people coming through that are starting to win these ATP finals. And it's really good to see because Djokovic won it for many, many years there in a row. And it's kind of good to see someone new get in there and actually win this tournament because it is so special. And a lot of people forget about this tournament because they're only looking at Masters 1000s and Grand Slams. But the ATP finals are a special test of people's character, their game, their mental stability, their physical stability, and it's a really, really, really good end to the season to kind of wrap up that everything that's happened. Now moving forward, London, after 12 years, is not going to be hosting the ATP Finals anymore. It had 12 years, eight champions in London, Davidenko, Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic, Andy Murray, Grigor Dimitrov, Alexander Sverev, Tsitsipas, and this year Medvedev. Eight champions in London, but it will now pass the torch from 2021 to 2025 in Turin, Italy. Now, I've never been to the ATP Finals, but I've heard nothing but good things when it happens in London. So 
Um, it will be interesting to see how it goes in Italy, but I think the players really like London. The fans really like London, and I think everybody watching on TV and everything, the O2 was just a special, special place to have the ATP Finals over the last 12 years. Now let's talk about one last thing before we wrap up this episode. Let's look at Roger Federer. Roger Federer has won, or not has won, has been in the top 20 for 1,000 consecutive weeks. Now that's two decades. I don't want, I'm not, no, I'm no mathematician here, but that's two decades. He's been in the top 20. What an incredible feat by this master of the sport of tennis. Now, when you look at being in the top 20, now there's people that crack the top 20, but they come in and out. You know, there's injury, they have bad years, everything. To be in the top 20 consistently, especially in a sport that demands so much out of your body for two decades, 20 years to be in the top 20, an amazing feature by the greatest of all time, Roger Federer. Now, I'll have more fun facts as we go on into the offseason officially now. I will keep bringing you some of these fun facts until we meet up again in Australia. Thanks for listening today. Like I said, we are going into the offseason, so I'm going to start getting creative and also start getting some guests on here, hopefully, that will make this podcast a little bit more interesting moving into 2021. Thanks for listening today. Really appreciate it. If you want to reach out to Believe, you can reach out at Believe.com or at Believe Podcast on Instagram and Twitter, or you can reach out to me at Jacob Sersosimo, C-E-R-S-O-S-I-M-O, both on Instagram and Twitter. I really appreciate the listening today. We're in a global pandemic. Be safe. Keep your family safe. Have a good holiday season. But most importantly, take care of yourself, take care of your family, take care of your friends, your loved ones, and officially have a good tennis offseason. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.